Welcome to Take Heart, where our goal is to offer encouragement, give hope, and insight so you can flourish in your journey as a special needs mom. As we explore monthly themes, share inspiring stories, and practical tips, our desire is to continue to serve you and new listeners. Carrie, Sarah, and I want to thank you for joining us today. Hi, this is Amy Brown, and welcome to another interview in our summer series. Today we have Jillian Benfield. She is a former journalist turned author, wife, and mom of three. Her middle child surprised their family when he came into the world rocking an extra chromosome, also known as Down syndrome. You may have seen Jillian's writings featured on Good Morning America and Today, and she has a book releasing in the spring of 2023 with Bethany House. When Jillian is not riding or transporting kids, she and her family are likely at their hometown beach on Florida's Space Coast. She invites you to grab her free ebooks, Five Spiritual Comforts for Parents of Kids with Disabilities, and Disability Advocacy 101, a parent's guide on her blog, which is JillianBenfield.com. To read more of Jillian's writings, follow her on Facebook at Jillian Benfield or Instagram at Jillian Benfield blog. Thank you so much, Jillian, for being here today. And I would love for you to start by telling our listeners just a little bit about yourself and your story. Yeah. Um, so I, let's see, I'm a former um, TV journalist. Um, my husband and I, then um, he is an orthodontist, but he used the United States military to pay for dental school. Um, and so once he graduated dental school, I left my TV career, um, and we moved to Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, and that was just supposed to be a one-year assignment. And I thought I would go back to TV news after that one-year assignment, but then we got stationed in Alamogordo, New Mexico, mm -hmm. where is not even a target there, let alone a target. <laughs> and then that's where we found out that our second child, um, I was 20 weeks pregnant at the time was going to be born with down syndrome. Mm -hmm. Um, and that just kind of changed everything. So yeah, I think that's a good jumping off start. <laughs> and you have, that's your second child. How many children do you have? I have three. I have Violet who is eight. Anderson is seven and my youngest Preston is four. Okay. So you have your hands full with kids. Yep. For like greater context for your audience who like runs the gamut of different disabilities and diagnoses, our last child was born with um, multiple medical diagnoses as well. Mm -hmm. So does not have a disability, but um, so we've kind of run the gamut of being medical parents and parents of a child with a disability. Yeah. Um, 
that's like being thrown into the deep end of the pool. Yeah. When you have something like that happen. Our, our experience is a little bit different. We have adopted kids who ended up having a lot of mental health and attachment disorder, but we have this long path of figuring out what was going on. Um, but when you get that diagnosis, I know that's an overwhelming, um, moment in your motherhood journey. Cause it's not what you thought was going to happen. So uh, as you started that process, um, especially when you found out you had, did you find out with your third child that you also had, when did you find out about his issues? We also found out with him in utero as well. Um, okay. I think it was week 14. Okay. Um, didn't find a heartbeat and then they went in and there was just, um, fluid and all over his everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it ended up kidney issues and, and what have you, but, um, he's doing well now, but it was a rough, you know, first several years of his life. So, right. And I'm sure you thought again, <laughs> yeah. I uh, both did. It just felt like what is what's wrong with us, you know, kind of the things that we had worked through after the first diagnosis of like, is God punishing us mm-hmm. is, um, you know, did, did we do something wrong? I, all of those things that we had worked through kind of came flooding back, um, when we got the other diagnosis. So yeah, it, that feeling of why us again, <laughs> right. um, familiar with that. Right. Uh, we have three kids that have some form of attachment. Um, and after the, after doing it once, and then again, you you do think what, what am I doing wrong here? Like, you know, what is going on here? Um, but I think, I think one of the things I appreciate about your writing is I was reading this week, you have a free ebook, which will link your, all your info and our show notes about working through weariness and, Mm -hmm. um, tools to redeem goodness. And one of the things I think you do well in your writing that I've noticed is you, you hold that tension between lament and joy or the beauty and the difficult. I don't think that's a message we get. We either get this extreme that is the complaining, everything's horrible, or we get the Christ. And I don't mean this disrespectfully to our faith, but sometimes in the Christian world, it's like, you know, buck up, God's got it all (laughs) and be happy. (laughs) So I would love to hear you talk a little bit about how you came to hold those two um, things together and maybe even some of the tools that help you do that. Yeah, I came to hold those two together out of necessity, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, not only did I have two kids, I'm thinking back to the hardest part of my life, which was when um, our youngest was a baby and Anderson with his Down syndrome diagnoses and um, other diagnoses that are attached to that, to down syndrome, um, he was having health issues as well. And, um, I think, so I think I was able, I had read some things about holding that tension, living in that tension of like saying, yes, like this is really hard and not, but, but, and I can see that my life has so much goodness in it too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was really out of necessity and also doing deep, like reading and, and working through it. The book that I'm writing right now, um, which isn't coming out until spring 2023 with Bethany house is really about that. Um, Mm -hmm. a lot of it's, that it's like, there's this pressure as Christians that we have to be the PR people for Jesus, um, that we have to, um, 
just like skip over the hard and get to the positive as quickly as possible. Right. And that's just not real life. And that's not the life that is, was shown to us in the Bible in mm-hmm. any way, shape or form. Um, one of the most helpful books that I read about this was actually, I took some seminary courses during this time, um, mostly for my own, um, my own benefits, <laughs> just yeah. learning. And, um, one of the books I read was, um, the spirituality of the Psalms, um, by a famous old Testament scholar. And it, the book was really about like how the Psalms teach us how to be in relationship with God. And if you look at the Psalms, more than 50% of them are lament, right? So like being in relationship with God is not like just saying thank you all the time. It's crying out to him. I think personally, Jesus cried out on the cross, quoting the Psalms, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's quoting, he's quoting the Psalm there. Um, Cause he's showing us how to live, mm-hmm. how to, for how, how to be in relationship with this particular God. Um, and so, yeah, I, I look just today, you know, normal mom stuff. So today, both of my boys have strep throat. They both feel fine, which is great. Um, but I have a deadline next week and, um, you know, what was supposed to be a three-day work week for me this week has now I will have one day to work. And, um, you know, I'm the default parent. My husband has a job where I knew that he, he can't like just leave, you know, it's on me if things come up and, um, it's hard being the default parent and I'm grateful for it. You know, Mm I like today, the interruptions are hard, but I will figure it out and it's okay. This is hard. And like, okay, we're going to make the most of what we can of this day. Um, very thankful. We live in Florida now permanently. <laughs> so I was able to take them to the beach where I knew we would be secluded. So they couldn't get anyone else sick. Um, and I was like, okay, we're just going to live the most that we can today. Right. Um, and, and that's kind of the mindset that I try not always, um, successful at it, but try to keep in mind, um, especially when it comes to your listeners with parenting kids with different disabilities and diagnoses, um, throughout this journey alongside them. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love what you say, because I'm, I'm actually in grad school myself for spiritual formation. I was just reading yesterday and I don't remember the book. I'll have to find it and link it, but it talks about Jesus sweat blood in the garden. And yeah. that's where transformation happens. Nobody wants to do that, but mm-hmm. transformation and real joy. And not that we brush away the hard, that's where the transformation happens. And I agree with you. I feel like I hear moms say, yeah, it's really hard, but yeah. And I, I love how you, you, you express that because we do need to be able to be, this is hard, but there's also so much beauty. Um, years ago, someone said to me, I can't wait to see what God's going to do with your daughter. And I literally laid on my bed and cried my eyes out. Like I I looked at the person nicely, like, oh yeah. (laughs) And then the minute I got home, I cried because I thought, what has God done? And and, and in that moment, I couldn't think of anything, (laughs) but I do know that he, that he was okay with me feeling that way. And Mm -hmm. as I continued on thinking about how God has changed me and I can, I think what you're saying is we can see so much beauty in the midst of the heart. It doesn't have to be an either or kind of situation. Right. 
Absolutely. I think that's one of the biggest things that I've learned um, throughout the last several years, parenting a child with a disability and another child with medical diagnoses is like life is, is really not either or like hardly ever right. <laughs> most of the time. And, um, and, and that's what my book that's coming out in 2023 is about. It's about not trying to overcome the mm-hmm. unexpected, but to undergo it. Because when you undergo it, um, that's where the transformation happens. Like, just like how you were saying, um, and undergoing it looks different ways for different people. But when we, when we sit with the heart and ask what it can teach us mm-hmm. and that process can take years, which it right. did for, me, um, we become different people. So like sometimes our circumstances are not good. You don't have to classify every circumstance as good. You don't have to like grab for silver linings or, or whatever, but I do think that even in the hardest circumstances, good come come from that. But most of the time, that goodness is not an external goodness that just comes down from above. Sometimes it can be, um, but most of the time, that goodness is a change from within. Mm-hmm. How the things end up changing and transforming us into who God dreamed we would one day be. Right. That's such a great point. Um, it's not that everything's better and, you know, all of a sudden everything works out. So I think that's such, and that I'm excited for your book. That is going to be a, that's a well, that's a much needed message that I think we need to hear, especially as special needs moms. Um, so I would love also to switch a little bit and talk about inclusion and advocacy. Cause I know that you write about that. I think, um, advocacy can be really intimidating for a new parent with a new diagnosis. I will say that my first IEP meeting was the most, I don't know what I was thinking when I went in there, but I just thought, oh, it's going to be great. And they're just going <laughs> to give me yeah. everything I need. And, yeah. and I go into a room with all these people sitting on the other side of me, all these professionals, they're rambling off all these acronyms that I have no clue what they are. I, and I left that, I left that, um, that meeting crying. Cause I just, I wasn't prepared and I yeah. didn't know what my rights and what to ask for. And so I was reading something that you wrote on your blog and I'm going to read this. Um, and I I'm pretty sure this is right after you have advocated at school. That's the wrong circumstance. You can correct me, but this is what you said. And I, I just think it was so lovely. You said, I spoke about what I believe to be true. I didn't mince words. Do you know who else did that? the one I follow. He restored the marginalized. He was radically inclusive. He preached humility and gentleness, but he did not hold back when speaking against those who played a part in systems that oppressed. Systematic oppression is what I saw unfolding in front of me. The school discriminating against my child and others like him because of their differences and wanting to segregate him based on his weaknesses instead of valuing him for his many strengths. When I read that, I thought that is the Jesus way of advocating. Mm-hmm. And I thought it, I would love to hear you talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. You know, I, I think I was really fortunate, um, to, I don't really know. I can't tell you what I read when I was pregnant with Anderson, but whatever I did read, it was about school inclusion and it lit a fire under me mm-hmm. in that this, there was a different way, um, then I had been shown how people with disabilities can live their lives. Um, I think I was so devastated originally by Anderson's diagnosis because I had never seen 
kids with disabilities in my classroom growing up, right? They were on the separate side and they were on the sad side, really. Um, So when I was able to see through one article and then went down a rabbit hole of many others that no, it doesn't have to be this way, you know, um, that changed everything for me. And when you really look at Jesus and his healings and, um, oftentimes he was healing people because they were discriminated against in their current state Mm -hmm. He was restoring people, um, who were outcasts because of their disabilities. Um, he was bringing them into the centerfold. He was making it so they could go to temple because they wouldn't have been allowed to. Um, I think um, my point in saying that is Jesus, I, I believe that an inclusive world is the way of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I believe that is thy kingdom come. Um, I, I think that when the world is restored one day that it will be an inclusive world. So why would we not fight? Why would we fight for anything less than that? Right. Right. I love that. And so as you walked into that uh, initial, you said you had a fire Leonard, if you, what were those first experiences like? I'm sure, like I said, nobody's just going to roll up the red carpet as we've learned, <laughs> but is sure. there like, what did you learn in those lessons? Like how to best advocate, advocate, because I think that intimidates a lot of, I remember a lot of moms. I remember somebody telling me, you got to go in there and you got to, you know, give them all you got and be this adversarial person, which is not my norm. So I immediately was like, okay, if I'm not like shaking my fist, am I not advocating? But yeah, I think it's important to know your style of personality, but what kind of, um, what were those first experiences like? And what did you learn in those experiences? So that was actually our third IEP meeting. So that in this, you'll hear this a lot from parents that the IEP meetings while they're in preschool and not all parents, don't get me wrong, but the IEP meetings in preschool might go fine. Mm-hmm. Um, in that meeting going from preschool to kindergarten um, can be a little trickier. And I read one article, and um, this is a resource for your readers. Um, I can't remember the author's name of the blog, but it's called A Day in Our Shoes. Um, she on her site about how the kindergarten IEP might be just one of the hardest or one of the most important IEPs mm-hmm. that you're trying to have because it's really setting the path for them to, to it's hard. It is way harder to fight for inclusion later on in your child's school career than it is earlier on. So anyways, what happened in this meeting was, um, thankfully I had gotten a heads up from the teacher that they were trying to kind of put Anderson in this test classroom where he would be included part of the day and segregated part of the day. And if he did well in kindergarten, he would move on to first grade. First of all, that's not legal. Uh, It happens. It's not supposed to be that way. And I knew that because I had done years of advocacy courses. Um, So what I would say is, uh, first of all, don't ever go to an IEP without an advocate. There are free reduced rate advocates out there. If you can't afford a full-fledged advocate and go with somebody who knows their stuff, but also do your own homework. Um, My favorite courses that I have taken have been partners in policymaking Um, that is offered through most States. That one is a big commitment. That is a six month long course. Um, But there are plenty of others. Um, 
I've taken rights law courses. Um, you can do their boot camps via Zoom. I just saw I got an email from them the other day. Paula Cluth courses. There are plenty of courses out there to give you the basics. Um, you need to have a good understanding of IDEA. Um, it doesn't have to be a um, full-blown knowledge of it. I don't have a full-blown knowledge of it, but I know the basics. I know what least restrictive environment means. Um, I know that what my child's rights are for inclusive education. Um, and that has served me well. So it's kind of both things like you need to do your homework and, and then, but also hire somebody who can, um, stand up for you in that meeting too, because it shows the school that you mean business. Um, I don't go in adversarial to my other IEP meetings, that one in particular, um, I knew we were in for a fight. There was no working together on this. It was going mm -hmm. to be a and so that was the style that I had to approach that meeting with. Um, but um, yeah, you'll, I'm sorry. I hope I didn't overwhelm your listeners because if you're new to this, um, just start by taking one course. That's what I would say by taking one course. I do have a free ebook on this called Disability Advocacy 101. And it has links to different courses that I've done and different articles that are just really good to review before stepping into your first, second, third, fourth IEP. Mm -hmm. That's, that's such great information. And I, I agree with you having somebody in there with you. I did not know that that was a thing until yeah. we had several unsuccessful. Um, and in our situation, uh, IEPs in our situation, we have, you know, I have one child that has a physical disability and also behavioral issues. So for him, the door was opened a little bit more easily because you could physically see that he need he could he needed certain things physically and he's also hearing impaired. But for my daughter that um, looks typical and has behavior, that was a whole fight because fetal alcohol and all that is not always recognized. Yeah, and there were so many um, hoops to jump through. And when I found an advocate, that made the world of difference. Absolutely. Absolute world of difference. And I think especially for uh, parents who already are struggling with just the learning curve of a diagnosis and whether that's medical or you're doing therapy, mental health therapy or whatever, that's already a big learning curve. And I also would say to listeners, like you said, you don't have to know it all right now. I think a lot of moms are like, I don't know it all. And so just a, learning a little bit at a time, and it's kind of like a snowball effect. You kind of get familiar once you kind of get over those acronyms and figuring out what's going on. You learn the language. Don't you, don't you agree that that that's helpful to start? And I do, I do agree. It's not, I, I talked to a new mom very recently. She has like an eight week old son who was very overwhelmed. And I was like, you are in the medical piece of this right now, mm -hmm. just not right now. And we will talk later about school stuff. Like don't mm -hmm. speak sold, <laughs> you know, right. don't, drink from a fire hose. Um, it's, it is just a little bit out of a, at a time and mm -hmm. I'd really suggest doing a course first because hearing it and seeing it and, um, just having that good where you start doing a deep dive on the internet is really so helpful. Right. And also for moms, um, I think it's, um, they look at more experienced moms like us and go, they know everything, which we don't, but you can't compare yourself when you're at the beginning. Like you've had a yeah. lot of experience. So I always tell moms I mentor, you know, just it's overwhelming. Just say, God, what do you mean? What do I need to know about this today? Yeah. And what you don't need to know, put it aside. The time will come when you'll need to know it. And I really think if you're praying about it and seeking that 
you know, resources will come and you'll, it's, 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 it's a marathon, not a sprint, I guess. <laughs> and I think too, just, um, you know, Facebook is really a godsend for parents too. Mm-hmm. I think meeting people in Facebook groups with your child's diagnosis and kind of, um, reaching out to more experienced moms, um, can really be like a good starting point as well. Mm-hmm. Great. And um, we will link all your info on our website because I do know you have that disability advocacy 101, which I'm sure is really going to be helpful to people that are like, wow, what is all the things she just said? (laughs) (laughs) So I get asked this question and a lot of times that I'm going to ask you it. So if you could go back and say something to yourself about this journey, you know, like if you could go back to your young Ewan's. Or you, what would you say to a new mom about this journey? What encouragement would you give? I think I would say that the view that you have of your life right now is not the only life that's possible. Um, just because your life is about to take a different turn doesn't mean it's a wrong turn. Mm-hmm doesn't mean that it can't be beautiful. It will be different and it can also be beautiful. Mm-hmm. Your child can open you up to possibilities you never thought possible. It will open you up to new experiences. It will open you up to um, new people in your life that you would have never met otherwise. And ultimately, um, I, you know, I don't believe that our children with disabilities were sent here to teach us anything, you know, they're the people, but, um, nevertheless, they become amazing teachers and you will become more empathetic than you ever have been. Uh, you will understand life like you never have before. If you're somebody who's not marginalized, um, now you're going to be attached to somebody who is. And that in many ways can uh, draw us closer to the divine um, because it's the marginalized who are at the center of his heart. And uh, yeah, I think that's what I would say is that this is about to open you up to possibilities you could never imagine if you're open to it. Right. I think that first initial, I love what you said. And I think that first time, whether you get a diagnosis right away, or like for us, it was more of a meandering path. If you, you think to yourself, I, I can't do this, right? Like, like how am I going to do this? But his, his mercies are new every day. And I have learned so much from being a special needs mom. Um, we recently are doing a series on interviewing siblings. And I interviewed my soon to be, which I can't believe 27 year old daughter. And she was oh, saying wow. being a, um, a um, sibling has taught her so much about empathy and not judging other people and opened her up, like you said, to the, the uh, marginalized. And that's a gift right there. Um, mm-hmm. If you can see it, if you have the eyes to see it. Um, Absolutely. So I think, I think that's great. I, um, I always feel bad. My heart goes out to the moms when they're first starting out because they're such, they're such deer in the headlights. And I just want to say, okay, take a breath. (laughs) You don't have to do it all right now. You know, each day is a new challenge, but it also teaches you resilience and trusting in God. 
um, it teaches you to trust in God, um, mm-hmm. definitely. And mm-hmm. it helps you to, uh, it enters you. I think what you said, it enters you into a community that you would not have been a part of. Mm-hmm. That is really life-giving um, at times. So I love that. I I have people ask me that question too sometimes, especially in, in light of adoption. Like, what would you do differently? And I just think if I would have known going in, I would have said, uh-uh, I can't do this. But mm-hmm. thank goodness we don't know going in because <laughs> I have done it you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've done it. Yeah. So with God's grace and help. So anyway, yeah, that's great. That about trusting in God. I've had to reflect on that a lot over the years. Like, what does it mean really to trust in God? Mm-hmm. And I, all the experiences that I have been through, it's that I trust in God's grace. Like I trust that God's grace is what helps us to move forward, mm-hmm. you know, what brings us from what might've started out to from, from bitterness, um, to betterment, you know, that's what I, um, and that's what I would tell your listeners to like, trust if you're willing to trust and you're willing to go along and God's grace is going to move you forward. Right. It's like the wind and the sails that get your boat moving forward. I always say that it's, you can say all you want, you trust God, but this kind of life or even I have adult kids. So even this having adult kids, is it you put your money where your mouth is like all of a sudden you have to say, I really do trust God with this. It's funny to me that we, um, at least I do, we hold on to things and try to control things that honestly we have no control over and learning to unclench our fist just makes, makes it so much easier. Um, to walk through this life with purpose and joy and beauty. And not that, like I said, not like you say, it's not that it's not, it's all roses and butterflies. There's definitely challenging things, but I, I said once to somebody never once has got in my whole entire life has my will been better than God's. But for some reason, I think well, here's all my plans, God, here they are. Right. <laughs> so, well, thank you uh, for sharing. I want to know, I know you said you have a book coming out. Um, and you talked about that, but what, what else, where else can we find you and what kind of resource you have some great resources on your website, by the way, um, which we'll link, but just tell us a little bit about that. And you said your book's coming out in 2023. Yep. Yep. So my book is coming out. Um, I don't know if I can say the title of it yet, so I won't, <laughs> Okay. But, it's, but I will tell you it's about how the unexpected things that happen to us mm-hmm. can help transform into who we were meant to be. Um, so that's coming out in 2023 with Bethany house. Um, um, my website, jillianbenfield.com. I've got three different eBooks. Um, they, one is for just parents of kids with disabilities. Um, a spiritual, it's kind of like a spiritual devotional. Um, one is that advocacy book we already talked about. And the other is when you mentioned the working through weariness, which is mm-hmm. for, um, those are on my website. And also if you do get, grab one of those, they're free, but it will sign you up for my monthly newsletter, which is a lot of fun. It's like, it is. I get it. It's great. <laughs> it's like 10 little things, like 10, they can either be like deep reflections or it's like, this is what I made for dinner and it was awesome. Um, and, oh, I found this hat on Amazon. If you are in need of a beach hat kind of thing. Um, so there's that. You um, also have book recommendations, which yes. is not good for my vow not to order any more books. I just literally <laughs> ordered one you recommended. I'm like, oh, I did it again. <laughs> book. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, so anyways, uh, there's that. Um, 
mostly on Facebook um, at Jillian Benfield and then Instagram Jillian Benfield blog. And okay. those are all the great. And your book's coming out when in 2023? The spring, I think, March, but I'm not 100% sure on that. So yeah. we'll see. We're going to have book twins because Take Heart, the Take Heart moms were writing a book too. Awesome. With Ravel. And we come out. I think summer of 2023. We're in the process of getting our manuscript in right now. So I understand that. <laughs> I understand that. And so I'm just like a hair, like a hair above you guys right now in the right. timeline. Yes, we'll have book twins, I guess. <laughs> well, um, thank you so much for sharing um your heart and your life with us. I know that this will be a really good um a really good uh interview to listen to for our listeners, they will be encouraged by it. So I really appreciate you um, being with us today. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. It was really a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on Take Heart. We're so glad that Jillian was here to share with us. And I would just like to say that we will have all her information linked in our show notes. Our prayer each week is your heart to be encouraged. We are grateful you are walking on this journey with us. So thanks for listening and join us next week for another interview in our summer series.